Welcome in everybody to Fantasy Football Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks. I am your host, Lauren Carpenter, and this is Waivers and Streamers for Week 12. It is it's hard to believe that we are already heading into Week 12. At the time of this recording, we have not yet seen the Monday night football game. So if you're watching this on Monday night, keep your eyeballs on some of those players who could possibly be available in your league between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and uh, kind of unlikely with that team and the New York Giants. But before we get into any of our waivers and streamers, there's a few things I need to discuss. One of them are injuries. Nobody likes it. But unfortunately, that's just kind of par for the course when we're talking about who we can pick up on the waiver wire. But most importantly, if you have not done so already, please head over to prizepicks.com, use the promo code MMN, and you can get your deposit of up to $100 matched, and you get to be a part of our 7-Eleven challenge. It is not too late to join. We have prizes from first, second, third, in the middle, and dead last. So you can do it. Come on in and join prizepicks.com, promo code MMN. There is a very convenient link in the description of this video. It takes you right there. Should have the promo code in there, but if not, double check. Make sure it's MMN. Your deposit gets matched up to $100. Prizepicks.com is super fun. It's over-unders. It's not just football. It's tons of things. But to get in on our 7-Eleven challenge... All you have to do is pick five players from the Thursday and Sunday games, not the Monday night, but Thursday and Sunday, pick five players and just change your bet amount to $7.11. That is how Prize Picks will track all of the entries. We have hundreds of them to go over today, and I'm going to go ahead and go over the week before that we missed because there were so many people that signed up and got to play in our 7-Eleven challenge that it took forever to update. So let's go ahead and head right over there because I have some I have some sad news for you. Alan W., you are no longer in first place. What are you doing? Come on, man. You can do it. But Joseph W., you have overtaken Alan W., and uh, you are at 38, correct? This is not including the Week 11 games, just so you know. This is through Week 10. So Joseph W., you are in first place right now. Alan W., you are in second place with 36. And we have a few people here at third. Jason K., Adam H., and John H., you are all at third place. And um, give me just a hot minute while I scroll all the way down to the bottom at our zeros. We have Ty S., William A., H, Nicholas T, Dale P, I still see you, my friend, John B, Jasmine C, Francis K, and Alexa D. You are all at zero. But, uh, you know, you still get prizes at last place. So this this is the 7-Eleven challenge. This is super fun. And I can't believe we have just had a coup that has happened in our 7-Eleven challenge. Joseph W, you are now single-handedly in first place. Alan W, you are single-handedly in second. Good luck, my friends, when you head into week 12. Again, this is from week 10's challenge through from I should say the start of the season through week 10 so I will have week 11 for you next week but let's hop right into the not so fun portion of our waivers and streamers show that is injury now there were some injuries that I did not include here today because I don't really know too much about them and the biggest one is Najee Harris that is something we need to keep our eye on so make sure you always tune in to the Friday show with our esteemed boss, if you will, Pat Mayo. He has the updated, most recent news when it comes to what injuries have occurred 
then we have a way better idea of practice reports. Also, we have three games on Thursday, something to definitely keep in mind. And there's two players that are in doubt for Thursday. That is CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, the wide receivers for the Dallas Cowboys. So keep your eye on their status. Amari Cooper is unlikely to pay, uh, excuse me, unlikely to play, not pay, unlikely to play. It's the COVID-19 protocol situation. He is not vaccinated. Um, I don't know if they've officially ruled him out yet or not, but unlikely that he's going to be able to suit up. And then C.D. Lamb is going to go through the concussion protocol. Now, he is going through a lot faster than expected. He said he did feel much better today. Uh, this is Monday than he did yesterday after he took a... Uh, a hit to the head, if you will, from the ground. Um, Dak was intercepted in the end zone, and as Sadie Lamb was going backwards, his head hit the hit the uh, ground pretty hard. So uh, he's questionable. I would still call this unlikely. Make your plans um, for dealing with what you're going to do if you have either CeeDee Lamb or Amari Cooper. Also, some even more sad news. Jamal Agnew, wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars, he is going to miss the remainder of the season with a hip injury. Uh, Michael Carter, running back for the Jets, the rookie that we're all very excited about, he has a low-grade ankle sprain, and he is likely to miss the next two to three weeks. So that is a big bummer as well. And then Jordan Howard, um, you know, one of our veterans, that just was, you know, activated from the practice squad randomly by the Eagles. Uh, he is going to miss week 12 at least with a knee injury. So that is the latest that I have here on Monday, November 22nd, heading into week 12. We still have the game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New York Giants to play tonight on Monday night. But let's hop right into our waiver wire. And I have, um, I would like to say that I have good news and bad news, but I don't. I have bad news all across the board. This is terrible. This is one of the worst waiver wire weeks, I think, ever. Yeah, I think ever. I think I've ever done. This is gross. When I had to go through all of these players and try to get some names here for you that I could present in a manner that didn't make you nauseous, it was very hard to do. Let's start with the running back position. Again, very gross. And let's go with Latavius Murray from the Baltimore Ravens. He is 31-ish rostered let's call it 32 percent rostered and the game the the game was weird for the Baltimore Ravens I know they did win uh but Lamar Jackson has been sick and he's been sick a lot so I don't really know why but he did have to miss the Sunday game it's non-COVID related but he did have to miss the Sunday game which means Huntley was in as the quarterback so this was going to be a pretty crappy situation for all the pieces involved no matter what but Latavius Murray all right he did have 10 carries for 32 yards. He normally will get a touchdown out of one of those, but he didn't. He had two targets. But still, Latavius Murray is that guy that usually falls into the end zone. So if he's available, he is a running back that can help you replace someone like Michael Carter, for example. Um, it's gross because it's touchdown dependent, and I don't really like that. Plus, they're going to play Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. You want to talk about division rivals? Interesting. That's going to be a crazy next three weeks for that team. So hopefully Lamar Jackson gets better. Uh, Latavius Murray hopefully will see the end zone. But unfortunately, his um, massive fantasy days, which can we call them massive? I don't even know if we can. They rely on touchdowns. And I'm not getting any better as I continue on this list. Quadre Allison of the Falcons. Because let's go ahead and just do the revolving door with our running backs for the Atlanta Falcons. Why not? He is 1% rostered. Uh, the Wayne Gallman was a popular pick. Um, I was I liked Wayne Gallman. He did really well for the Giants when he filled in for Saquon Barkley several times. But it was really gross for Wayne Gallman, and I think he got me negative points. 
it was very sad. Uh, but Allison, on the other hand, had nine carries for 34 yards. He also had two receptions on three targets. It was just a bad game for the Falcons as well. Just gross. And they need Cordero Patterson back, which is, you know, kind of meh. But the Falcons really need to figure out what they're doing. But again, if you need a warm body, who's going to be starting? I guess Quadre Allison? I, it's just, it's nasty. I don't like any of these options. It's horrible. But I have to tell you about them because you may be in a situation where you have to pick one of these guys up. Now, the schedule isn't terrible. They play Jacksonville, which I really like. They play Tampa Bay, which has possibility. But then they play Carolina, which is going to be a little bit tough. So Quadre Allison, 1% rostered of the Atlanta Falcons. And then finally, we have the running back duo tandem, if you will, between David Johnson and Rex Burkhead. I know, I feel like 2017 called and they want their running backs back. But they are the running backs for the Texans. And David Johnson is around 29% rostered. I'm not even sure if Rex Burkhead is rostered. It might be below 5% widely available. But unfortunately, Tyrod Taylor rushed in two of these touchdowns on his own. So it's like he's snipering away like the Lamar Jackson of the Ravens. He's doing the same thing here with the Texans in their stunning upset victory over the Tennessee Titans. Don't even get me started about Ryan Tannehill. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, so bad. But David Johnson, he saw 13 carries for a whopping 18 yards. I didn't even know that was possible. But apparently it is. So 13 carries, 18 yards. He also had uh, three receptions on four targets for 16 yards. And uh, yeah, we're going to have to rely on touchdowns here. That's not very pretty. And Rex Burkhead had 18 carries for a slightly more respectable 40 yards. If either one of them gets a touchdown, it will make your fantasy day here. But this is more desperation play, if you will. Um, They have a very good matchup, however, in Week 12. They're facing the Jets. And then in Week 14, they're facing the Seahawks, who have a terrible defense against the run. But Week 13, right in between those, they're playing the Colts. I don't really like that very much at all. But if you're in deeper leagues or, again, if you are desperate, really hoping to have some kind of a warm body to plug and play... Those guys could be available, likely are available. Do I like it? No. And if you need a running back that you have to pick up off the waiver wire this week, I'm really sorry. That stinks. But with Michael Carter's injury as well, Ty Johnson should be available in your leagues. I will give him an honorable mention. It's just very difficult with the whole quarterback situation. We don't know if Zach Wilson is coming back. Joe Flacco really likes to pass. It's just weird. It's, it's 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 not pretty. It's not lovely, and it's not something that we really like to see when we're trying to help all of our friends and our family here in fantasy football do well. So I don't like any of the running backs this week. They're stinky. And I don't really know how much I like the wide receivers either. That's also, likewise, gross. But let's start off with Cedric Wilson, one of the only remaining wide receivers that are possibly left besides Michael Gallup. And if he's available, go get him now. But Cedric Wilson is around 2% rostered. He... Had himself an interesting game. He saw the targets, which was very nice, but he also had some significant drops. So hopefully that was just a weird thing that they had against the Chiefs because they will play the Raiders, which is pretty good, and they'll play New Orleans, and then they'll play Washington. So there is opportunity for for Cedric Wilson if Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb have to miss any more time. But for Thursday, if you have to play somebody – You might have to pick up Cedric Wilson if you are in the position where you don't have CeeDee Lamb or Amari Cooper. It's not... It's not fun. None of this is fun. This is this is a very non-joyous video that I'm sending to you. Maybe if I say it in a really fun and nice way. Let me try this one. Jamison Crowder of the Jets. No, it doesn't even work. 21% rostered. No one can get excited about the Jets. Who's going to get excited about the Jets? No one. You can't get excited about the Jets. I've already said so because of the quarterback situation. But Jamison Crowder is one of those rare beings that can somehow still 
get a decent fantasy day. He's only 21% rostered. They will play Houston, and then they play Philadelphia, and then they play New Orleans. I like the Houston matchup. Philly and New Orleans, eh, not so much. Um, Elijah Moore is going to be the big play guy, and he, he has been seeing a significant uptick in his targets as well. But Jamison Crowder gets it done. He got a touchdown with Joe Flacco. Um, he was actually doing pretty well when Zach Wilson was in also. So Jamison Crowder isn't one that I absolutely despise. I just wish there were other better options, but unfortunately, Jamison Crowder is probably my favorite out of all of these pickups here, and he's only 21% rostered. And then we have Marquez Valdez-Scantling, which speaking of drops, he is literally one big play away of dropping a football and then losing Aaron Rodgers' respect for at least maybe like two weeks. But MVS is stepping up in the place of Alan Lazard, and he is only 6% rostered. This is one of the wide receivers for the Green Bay Packers. Very volatile, but there's a need, and there is a necessity, and the Packers have to start winning. And they have a very tough matchup here against the Rams. Then they face Chicago, and then they face Baltimore. Now, he did see a season-high 10 targets without Alan Lazard on the field, uh, but he only got four of them. But they were for 123 yards and a touchdown. So it was there, but he has to get a ton of volume because he is kind of that big play guy. So I don't necessarily know if I should knock him on that. But, man, he scares me because he is uh, he's one of those guys where I get scared when, when he, he, gets the, he gets the rock because he drops it like a hot potato. Another one I don't really love either here is Russell Gage of the Falcons. He is uh, around 19% rostered. And the reason I'm, I don't love Russell Gage, it's not because of Russell Gage, because I really do like him as a wide receiver. Very solid, very steady. But the Falcons are really struggling. They had a terrible week 11. Absolutely terrible. But he did have eight targets, which we like that kind of opportunity in fantasy football. Now, he did not get a score, but he did have five receptions and 49 yards. So the stat line at the end of the day isn't very pretty, but he's literally one touchdown away from having a very good game. And they're going to play Jacksonville here in week 12, which is nice. And then they play Tampa Bay. Also, you can exploit that when it comes to the Tampa Bay's secondary. And then they face Carolina, which is a little bit more of a tougher matchup. Now, I, in addition to my Gallup that I already mentioned at the top of this segment. I also want to bring up Van Jefferson and Robbie Anderson. Both of them are about 50% or more rostered in most leagues, so they may not be available, but if they are, I would recommend picking them up. Van Jefferson still has a connection with Matt Stafford. I'm not necessarily worried about OBJ overtaking him in the short term, so especially after that really weird game that they just force-fed OBJ there in the in the beginning, which was, as uh, Rachel Bonetta of the NFL Network said, corny, which I thought was pretty hilarious. But if those guys are available, I would take a shot on them, especially Robbie Anderson, who has a pretty good rapport with Cam Newton. And then finally, with our waiver section, let's hop into our tight ends. Equally as gross. I mean, that's just going to be, the, that should just be the title. Just gross waiver wire. Just gross waiver wire week 12, icky. But this one isn't, horrible I guess he was a one of the tight ends that was a sleeper hype if you will not a post hype sleeper because that's not what I'm saying but he we had a lot of high hopes for him but they did not come to fruition until recently this is Adam Troutman tight end for the Saints he is only seven percent rostered and Trevor Simeon has been looking his way he had five receptions for 58 yards and a touchdown and um I don't love the matchup against the Bills here it's gross and uh But it is the Jets after that, which is very nice. So week 12, iffy, but you know, hey, week 13 could have some potential there. And tight ends is always a dumpster fire anyway. So not really expecting that to be a barn burner, but if you're desperate. 
And as I mentioned a few times here, we have yet to see the New York Giants play tonight as of this recording moment. But Evan Ingram, he is only 29% rostered and he has scored a touchdown in his last two games. This was after he missed the first four weeks after getting injured in preseason. And he's been relatively quiet since then. But now he's starting to see and haul in the end zone targets, which is what we very much like in fantasy football. And he has a quite favorable schedule. And the Giants are kind of in the hunt here. And they're they're knocking on the door, which I, I like. So they have Tampa Bay, Philadelphia, and Miami. So not amazingly awesome, but also not too terrible. So Evan Ingram is an option there. And my tight end honorable mentions here for week 12 are going to be Tyler Conklin. And then Logan Thomas of the Washington football team should hopefully be back as well as Dan Arnold. I do like Dan Arnold a lot. Um, For some reason, I always forget about him. Maybe because his name isn't very flashy, but I usually just forget about Dan Arnold. But not many other people have because he is over 40% rostered. So if one of those guys is available, I would likely go with someone like Dan Arnold or Logan Thomas over my two waiver wire options. But if they are unavailable, which they might be, these are two options that should see some action here in week 12. Now let's hop right into our streaming options here at quarterback and at our defense special teams, our DSTs. Is the trend getting any better with how much we love this? No. No, it's no, it's really not. I think there's only one I really love out of this one, and that's from the defense special teams. Like, literally out of this whole video, that's the only one that I have relatively close amount of faith in. But let's stick with our quarterbacks here first. Daniel Jones of the Giants, only 32% rostered. This is not necessarily for Week 12. This is looking forward and ahead to Week 13 when they play Miami. And Miami has allowed the eighth most points to quarterbacks, and that's right when we're really going to need some points. And I like that matchup. I don't know how much I trust Daniel Jones though but if you need to look ahead maybe one or two weeks week 13 is going to be very good for Daniel Jones now Mac Jones let's stick on the Jones train here he is 40% rostered there playing the Tennessee Titans and Tyrod Taylor literally looked like Christian McCaffrey running against the Titans defense they have allowed the fourth most points to opposing quarterbacks so Mac Jones 40% rostered there the quarterback for the New England Patriots and then last but not least my actually you know this is my favorite pickup Taylor Heineke he's back did he leave he did for a few weeks but you know what he is getting it done a, a win against the Buccaneers, now a win against the Panthers with Cam Newton back in Carolina. Get it done, Taylor Heineke. 20-plus points in fantasy football. I absolutely love it. Only 17% rostered, and they're playing Seattle, okay? They're broken. So I really like Taylor Heineke's opportunity here. Um, again, like they're like 18th best or 18th worst, if you want to call I don't know, somewhere around there when it comes to quarterbacks, but... Ew, when it comes to Seattle's defense, I would pick up Taylor Heineke and uh, see how he does. Or do it in a DFS play, but I do like Taylor Heineke down the stretch. I think uh, his rest of season schedule is also very strong as well. Now to the only one that I think might do well, which means in fantasy football terms they'll likely suck, which is the Chicago Bears. 23% roster. They are facing the poor beleaguered Lions on Thanksgiving It's Detroit. Not only is it Detroit, but it's also a Tim Boyle-led Detroit. So fire up your Bears. Go pick them up. Go start them. Have confidence and enjoy your turkey because you'll likely be scoring significant amount of points with your defense against those two. And if I'm wrong, sorry, maybe there's a Thanksgiving Day miracle. I have no idea. The other three I have are not great. But we have the Atlanta Falcons. They're only 5% roster. They're playing Jacksonville. 
Jacksonville has allowed the fourth most points to opposing defenses. So there's that. And then speaking of Houston, they're playing the Jets. So you could go two ways here. If you really want to be like muy caliente, uh, you could pick up one because they play the other. Or you can pick up the other because they play the other. Both of them have terrible offenses. So there is an opportunity for their defenses to step up. And the Texans did force four turnovers on Ryan Tannehill. So there's that. So out of the Jets and the Houston Texans, I would take the Texans. But if you're in a deeper league, you may not have a choice. But the the streaming ability is there. The numbers are there, I guess. It's just not It's just not great. Try to get the Bears. Like, just do yourself a favor and try to get the Bears. Again, they're only 23% rostered. The Jets and the Texans are, like, 5% rostered. I didn't even write it down because it was so useless. But sorry, this was a very pessimistic waiver wire show that I have presented you today. But it happens. Not every waiver wire is going to be full of hidden gems. But maybe there will be. Maybe one of these amazing fantasy personnel will step up and just make your week 12, make it beautiful, and hopefully one of them starts off your Thanksgiving week with extraordinary yummy scrumptiousness like you will be mowing down on Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for joining me here. If you have not done so, please go ahead and like that video for me and subscribe here at YouTube at, um, let's see, Mayo Media Net. But social media, I think, is that what we're doing? I think it is. Either way, subscribe here to our channel at Mayo Media Net, but also follow us on social media at Mayo Media Net. I couldn't remember if Pat Mayo said he wanted one over the other, so we'll keep that between us. I don't remember. Go to both of them. Go to both of them. Subscribe. We have so many good content creators that make wonderful content. They make videos, they do tons of research, they put these things together, and it's not just for football. We have them all across the sports, the sporting events, lots of fun things. Make sure you check us out there, and don't forget to head over to prizepicks.com. Use the promo code MMN because you get your deposit of up to $100 matched. Hop in our 7-Eleven challenge, five over-unders, just not the Monday night game, five over-under players, and change your bet amount to $7 and 11 since Alan W, you're in second place, my friend. Joseph W, you are now solely in first in our 7-Eleven challenge. Everyone, enjoy your Thanksgiving. And you'll see me 1130 on Sunday morning. That's right. I will be here again to help answer your start and sit questions for week 12. All right. Welcome back to another edition of First Look at the next week's DFS salaries. I'm Peter Overzet here on the Mayo Media Network. And as we do every Monday morning, I'm here to take a look at the following week's salaries on DraftKings so we can lay a foundation for our research, for our lineup building throughout the week. This is, of course, an interesting week because we have the Thanksgiving slate right in the middle of things. And we are going to zoom right past that and head to the main slate for this first look purposes. Of course, we do have that Thanksgiving slate, so I won't begrudge you if you need to uh, focus on that in the time being and then come back to this video after that. But we're all sickos here. We're all curious to see how much Jonathan Taylor has been priced up to, and that is the kind of investigative work we are going to do here today. As I mentioned, we have, you know, six teams off of the main slate because of the Thursday slate, you know, the notable teams being the Cowboys and the Bills, I would say. We also have no Arizona Cardinals this week and no Kansas City Chiefs. Both of those teams are on bye, but uh, I kind of am glad to have those teams on bye. I feel like the Cardinals need to get healthy. Let's get Kyler and Hopkins back. You know, the, the Chiefs just seem broken 
right now. Let's see if they can regroup there. And um, some other teams we don't have on the main slate, no Baltimore, uh, no Seattle. They're all off the main slate. So it's a pretty pared down week. We have seven 1 p.m. games and three 4 p.m. games. The marquee game this week appears to be Tampa Bay Bucks versus the Colts. I'm recording this on Monday afternoon, so we'll, of course, have to see how things shake out with the Bucks tonight. But that game has an early over-under projection of 51 points. And, of course, we have you know Jonathan Taylor coming off the five-touchdown game. So we're going to talk plenty about the Colts and the Buccaneers as we look at these salaries. And then I would also say that the three 4 p.m. games look pretty good. You got Chargers-Broncos. Rams Packers the Rams are finally back on the main slate after being off here for a couple weeks and then Vikings Niners you know the Vikings have been in all kinds of fantasy friendly games of late and the Niners are starting to click a bit as well so let's jump into it right now I will share my screen here so we can take a peek at the salaries and we'll start at quarterback here and you know as I mentioned a lot of our elite options are not on this slate. No Josh Allen, no Lamar Jackson, no Patrick Mahomes. So at the top, we have Tom Brady, who of course is uh, is always a, a great option here. And with this high projected total, I do imagine he will be pretty popular. He has cooled off a little bit. His splits since week seven, since losing Antonio Brown, have cooled down a bit, but this does feel like a good get-right spot and a potential shootout here against the Colts. And uh, Jalen Hurts as well at 7,300. No one played him last week. Uh, he had a monster game on the ground, 18 rush attempts, three rushing touchdowns. Still not doing a ton through the air, but it does not matter if he's running that much. I mean, we've kind of been beating the drum all year that even though his box score has um, not been, you know, extremely nice here, we do know there's always that ceiling with his rushing work. And we saw that in week 11. I assume without some of those other rushing quarterbacks on the slate, Jalen Hurts is going to be fairly popular this week at 7,300. Uh, in the tier below there at 7,100 and 6,900, we have the, the Stafford-Rodgers matchup in that game. Those guys, I think, also will be used a decent amount. Although when we get to the wide receivers, you will see how priced up Cooper Cup is. So it'll be interesting to see if people are able to pull off Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup stacks. Um, Cousins has been playing well, although on the road at San Francisco um, isn't a spot. I'm super excited in. I think Carson Wentz at home versus the Bucks at 5,800 will be interesting. Just with the thesis being, I assume a lot of people are going to want to play Jonathan Taylor. Um, but if they're down uh, to the Bucks, we could see a decent amount of Carson Wentz in a good game. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo just keeps holding on to his job. Uh, you know, and I don't know how he does it, uh, but he is still the starting quarterback. It doesn't look like we're going to see Trey Lance anytime soon. So we just have to deal with it. Um, as far as some other cheap backs, uh, cheap quarterbacks, rather, it is really thin uh, this week without too many options. I mean, the only other one that's kind of interesting to me would be Mac Jones at home versus Tennessee here. Mac Jones has just looked really good, um, but it's it hasn't quite translated to fantasy yet. You know, we've seen these two big wins here, Cleveland 45-7, Atlanta 25-0. Um, where they've gotten it more done on the ground. But I do think Mac Jones in the right spot could offer us some upside here at 5,400. But as of right now, I'm not seeing a lot else. I guess Ben Roethlisberger at 5,200, you know, uh, he's coming off of a solid game here, 23 points. But look, I mean, 
this was almost the upper echelon of what you could hope for from a game flow perspective, a 41-37 game. He still only has 23 points there on three TDs because he's just giving you nothing in the rushing game. So you really need to run pure, but the spot here against Cincinnati uh, isn't a bad one there. So we'll have to keep tabs on quarterback, but right now it's kind of looking like a slate where you pay up for Brady or Hurts, or you kind of get some of your favorite quarterbacks in those games, Stafford versus Rodgers, you know, Herbert, uh, in Bridgewater, who I didn't mention, who maybe he's in play at home versus the Chargers after seeing what Ben Roethlisberger was able to do to that Chargers secondary. All right, let's head over to the running backs. Don't get sticker shock. Jonathan Taylor, fresh off the five touchdown game, is now $9,100. Uh, so je- definitely deserving of that price hike. I mean, we can look at his recent games. I mean, he hasn't been under 20 points since, uh, what was it, since week three? I mean, that's absurd. So he has just been rock solid. Uh, The team is relying on him and all different kinds of game flows. Um, It'll be interesting to see how much he gets played. Um, We've seen spots like this for Derrick Henry, where Derrick Henry comes off the monster game, but because he's priced up so high because of the slate dynamics, he doesn't necessarily get used at the clip that you might think if you were just looking at the box score from last week. So I'll have to run optimizers later in the week and see how much he's showing up. Um, I assume he will just look like an average play at these points per dollar would just be my guess. 9,100 is pretty rich. Um, Christian McCaffrey right here at 9,000. Um, you know, McCaffrey's workload isn't quite the same as it was in peak, you know, bell cow back McCaffrey era, you know, in the past couple years, but it's still solid. He's getting the 10, you know, to 12 rushing attempts a game and then getting the eight targets. Uh, he really kind of got there last week with that touchdown catch, you know, where they ran him out of the backfield and Cam Newton found him in the end zone. So I think he's a little bit, you know, he's a, he's a safe play, um, at, at this price, um, just because you know the floor is going to be pretty solid, but I think it's safe to be a little concerned about the McCaffrey uh, ceiling just now that his usage isn't quite what it used to be. Um, Austin Eckler gave Jonathan Taylor a run for his money uh, last night. Just an absolute monster game. This is actually the kind of usage we used to see from Christian McCaffrey. So it's the same deal, 10 to 11 rush attempts, but he had the seven targets and then just the robust goal line work. I mean, not using anyone else but Austin Eckler around the goal line. He tallies four touchdowns, two through the air, two on the ground. So I assume coming off that game, Austin Eckler is going to be fairly popular at 8,400. Uh, Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, I'm going to guess, might be the guys that go kind of underlooked or overlooked, I should say, in this range because of just the better options for a little bit more or some options down below. You know, Joe Mixon had a monster game uh, this past week. I could see him being fairly popular at 7,500. And just my guess that Najee and Dalvin Cook maybe uh, offer some contrarian GPP promise again. Uh, Saquon Barkley, he uh, will obviously play tonight. And if he looks good, if he's, you know, getting back to that kind of workload, that we have seen him have in the past, he is going to be extremely chalky if he has a good game. I think if you see something like 12 to 13 carries, six to seven catches tonight, and he finds the end zone, he's probably going to be your chalk running back this week. So it'll be interesting to keep tabs on him. Um, One really interesting price tag to me, I don't know why 
AJ Dillon is only 5,900. His price actually comes down. Um, I know he didn't set the world on fire last week, but the usage was really good. The six receptions, the 11 carries, um, getting that kind of bell cow usage. And I doubt Aaron Jones is going to play again this week. So 5,900, he's also going to be incredibly popular if Aaron Jones is out again. So we'll have to keep tabs on that. Darrell Henderson, another one. This price just seems weird to me at 5,800. I mean, he has been, you know, operating as the bell cow back. And I know these past couple games haven't been quite as good, but those workloads here, and, and you can see in the game scores with the Rams having lost these past two games, um, he's been slightly game script dependent, but then you also see his targets have picked up, you know, six targets last week. So I think Henderson is going to offer you know, one of the bigger ceilings at this price tag at 5,800. So both AJ Dillon and Darrell Henderson look good to me. You know, Miles Gaskin coming off of a big game, you know, that was a little bit matchup dependent. The Jets have been pretty bad. Um, he did rack up 23 carries and continues to see a few targets as well. So he's going to look good. We'll have to keep tabs on the 49ers backfield. Uh, Jeff Wilson ran pretty poor as far as his usage is concerned. I mean, I, I guess I should say he ran poor relative to what you would have assumed for a touchdown expectation. He had 19 carries. They were doing weird stuff at the goal line. They ran a goal line fade, the lineman Trent Williams. He got stuffed on a carry down there. So he could have had a much bigger day. If Eli Mitchell is out again, Jeff Wilson will be a great play again at 5,300. And even if Eli Mitchell plays, I think Mitchell might be the play at 5,400. I think the team does kind of prefer him as their lead back when he's healthy. So that'll be a situation to monitor there. Should also mention Miles Sanders. Someone won the Millie Baker with Miles Sanders in their lineup somehow. 8.4 points uh, here. He did have 16 rush attempts. Um, they didn't even need to throw the ball that much against New Orleans. And Jalen Hurts kind of took off rushing a ton. So that's why he didn't have as many targets. But Kenny Gainwell was inactive, which, you know, bodes well for Miles Sanders, I think, in some negative game scripts. So he's vaguely interesting to me at 5,100. And then one other injury situation that's on my radar right now is Michael Carter left the game uh, with an ankle injury. And if he were to miss, Ty Johnson at 4,300 is kind of interesting to me. Ty Johnson has been kind of operating as the other, you know, pass catching back in this offense. Obviously in this game with Michael Carter back, um, he only had one target, but you saw uh, a week ago, eight targets there. So Ty Johnson would be a pretty good play at 4,300 if, Michael Carter misses this week for some reason. Let's head over to wide receiver where, oh boy, you thought you had sticker shock on Jonathan Taylor at 9,100? Well, let me introduce you to Cooper Cup at 9,600. I mean, the last time I remember wide receivers up in this range was probably like Antonio Brown era Steelers. I want to say he was getting close to 10K. I'm sure some of you DraftKings historians can let me know in the comments uh, who the the last highest price wide receiver was to to get near you know 10K or eclipse that. But I can't say it's not deserving for Cooper Cup, but it is going to be really really hard to build lineups with him unless we get some incredible lineup uh, or sorry, some incredible value opening up later in the week. Uh, just seeing Devonte Adams at a thousand dollars cheaper than Cooper cup is pretty nuts to me. So um, I, I'm guessing that the field is going to have a hard time playing Cooper cup uh, this week at that price tag, but who knows? Um, I should just mention why we are talking about the Rams. 
I'll jump down here and say Odell Beckham is at 5,000. So he had a decent amount of burn in that first game um, relative to how many plays they ran. They just didn't run a ton of plays. So just getting on the field, seeing three targets right out of the gate in his debut for the Rams is encouraging. And with, you know, the Cooper Cup price tag, if we expect Odell Beckham's role to grow, I think he's vaguely interesting at 5,000. We have the other pair of wide receivers squaring off in the same game, Justin Jefferson and Debo Samuel. Jefferson was an absolute monster in week 11, 10 targets, two touchdowns. He was so close to having another touchdown too. They called him down at the one on a breakaway play. So Justin Jefferson, just a pure alpha, uh, 8,300. He's pricey, but well worth it. What's interesting about Debo Samuel is he only had two targets yesterday and one catch, um, but he got it done as a running back. He had eight attempts for 79 yards and a touchdown. So uh, I think an interesting you know, situation there with Debo, Debo but it kind of just shows you the floor he gives you. Um, even if he's not getting it done as a receiver, He's so uh, you know multifaceted that he is going to bail you out fantasy wise. So he's interesting to me as always at seventy nine hundred, especially if people are kind of worried uh, about his target totals coming off of that game. We have Jamar Chase who looks a little too cheap to me. I wonder if people you know having felt burned by T Higgins and Jamar Chase this past week. Um, you know he's now coming off of three kind of mediocre games after just running really hot on touchdown expectation early, I still am inclined to believe that Jamar Chase is in the same caliber and tier of wide receiver as Debo, as Justin Jefferson. So I'll buy the dip on Jamar Chase here at 7,300. Um, AJ Brown left the game early, but it sounds like he is going to be okay. He kind of continues to burn people a little bit, three weeks in a row, sub 10, but you also see the ceiling here from week seven and eight, over 30 points. So AJ Brown, similar to Jamar Chase, is a guy I'd be willing to buy the dip on. We have the Bucks wide receivers here, Mike Evans, 7,200, Godwin, 7,000. Considering that this will probably shape up to be the most popular game of the slate, I think these wide receivers are going to catch a fair amount of ownership. Um, we have some guys whose price is on the rise up here and some who is dropping. And we have Mike Williams down here at 5,700. He played last night on Sunday Night Football. And I think uh, I think he looks pretty good to me at 5,700. He did have six targets for 97 yards and a touchdown. So Mike Williams will probably be fairly popular. We have Elijah Moore, uh, whose price is way up now. Almost, let's see, what is he? Was he 4,800 last week? So up 800, um, coming off a, a really nice game. Or sorry, he was 4,900 last week. This was kind of a breakout party for him. 11 targets, eight receptions, a TD, even getting a rush attempt there. He explodes for 32 points. So I'll be curious to see if the field is willing to chase him up to this new price tag, but he doesn't look too bad to me. Michael Pittman's price has dropped. He was at 6,100 uh, yesterday, and now he's down to uh, 5,600. And again, like I said, with how pricey Jonathan Taylor is, with how much I am assuming the field is going to like this game, I'm going to guess Michael Pittman is a very popular bring back with Tom Brady stacks at 5,600. Um, man, T Higgins, poor T Higgins. He has just burned people over and over and over. It feels like he's the chalk wide receiver every single week. And then it feels like he just never delivers. I mean, when was the last time he's had one game since, since week five, since week five, he's had, uh, one game over 14 points. So, I mean, he's fine. He's getting the targets. Um, 
I'm I'm curious. I, I haven't been playing him as a GPP bro just because his ownership has been so high. But if the field is finally off him because they've burned him, he's burned them so much, I will be willing to get on the T. Higgins train here at 5,400. Let's see if there's anything else interesting down here. Brandon Ayuk is uh, is coming on pretty well. He had seven targets there, 85 yards and a touchdown. He'll be in play in this game. Um, we got to mention MVS. He had a really good game yesterday. Normally you think of him as, you know, the super boom bust guy, but he had 10 targets. So he's getting used a little bit more than he had previously. Um, obviously it was a good game environment. So that could have definitely contributed to his boosted target totals, but we're, it's hard to find salary uh, savings at wide receiver. And I feel like a broken record because I say that every week. Um, but when I do the first look shows, it's just nothing really stands out. You know, we need the stuff later in the week. Like last week we had Marquise Brown out. So that opened up Bateman. We had Amari Cooper out. So that opened up Gallup. You know, we've had a few things break in our favor. Lazard was out last week and that helped uh, for MBS. So it's kind of a TBD situation to see if we get value. And that will also kind of dictate what, I think the kind of popular build will be if we get value, people will find their way up to Cooper cup and Jonathan Taylor. If not, it might be a more balanced approach across lineups. Let's check in at tight end. We of course have George Kittle at the top. No Travis Kelsey, no Mark Andrews, no Darren Waller on this slate. Um, you know, only four targets, but he did find the end zone here and the 49ers just didn't need to do much on the uh through the air against the Jags but I think Kittle definitely will have the highest ceiling of any tight end on this slate. I wonder what people are going to do with Pitts at 6100 because he's been a disappointment. Um this offense has been a disappointment. He had that monster game against Miami that kind of flashed that upside and now he's kind of in that Darren Waller territory where it's like boomer bust um where he's just having some rough games and I really don't think it's his fault. I don't think Kyle Pitts is playing poorly. I just think this offense is so broken three combined points in the last two weeks. Um, and as the kind of focal point of the offense, I'm just going to assume that defenses are adjusting to that and making his life harder as a pass catcher, but you might be able to get Kyle Pitts sub 5% in your contests this week. The mid range here at tight end actually looks pretty solid. We're going to get Gronk back tonight um, at 4,400. We'll see how he looks. Um, that price is going to be pretty cheap. Um, Pat Fryermuth just continues to score. Um, oh, sorry. I thought he scored last night. No, he did. Yeah. So he has four straight games with a score. Scored in week eight, scored twice in week nine, had the rushing. Uh, or sorry, didn't score in week 10, uh, didn't score in week 10. So, but still five touchdowns. Jeez, I'm struggling today. Four touchdowns. In his four last games, um, he's going to be fairly popular at 4,300 against the Bengals. Uh, Dan Arnold kind of had his come down to earth game here. Zero targets after having, you know, three straight games averaging around eight targets a game. So we'll see. I think I'm going to chalk that up to being an aberration. Just a, they had a weird kind of implosion spot there against the 49ers. So I don't mind going back to Dan Arnold. He is their most consistent pass catcher. As far as super cheap guys, um, Jared Cook looked interesting to me at 3,000. Uh, he did have five targets last week, and that offense finds itself in the red zone a decent amount. So I think you could do worse than Jared Cook at 3,000. Um, let's see if there's anything gross down here. Um, you could probably toss in Donald Parham as well. He had five targets. He is kind of carving out 
a role in that offense there. So not else, uh, not a lot else down here, cheap in the tight end bargain bin. Let's take a quick peek at defense as we wrap up here. Um, Going to have some fairly popular uh, cheap punt defenses, I'm noticing. I mean, right away, Jags at home versus Matt Ryan, and then the Texans at home versus Joe Flacco or whoever they trot out at quarterback. These are going to be incredibly popular punt plays. Uh, I'm telling you that right now. Um, the Jags have been bad, but people will be willing to stream against Matt Ryan. And then Houston was actually one of the bigger defensive surprises yesterday and of the past two weeks in week nine. They had 15 points against Miami and then 16 points at Tennessee. Two road game, nice defensive performances, and now they're at home versus the Jets. I'm guessing both these defenses will be very popular. Um, if we want to pay up to uh, get contrarian here, um, looks like the Patriots are uh, our top option at the high end. And I'm trying to see here anything in the middle range. Miami at home versus Cam at 2,800 looks okay. Um, the Steelers Bengals game, I could see being pretty fruitful for defensive targets. And um, even the Packers at home versus the Rams, uh, who have been struggling a bit, that could be decent as well. So that is our first crack looking at these week 12 salaries. As always, I appreciate you guys watching. Please like and sub subscribe to the channel. We will have more picks and plays in DFS content for you throughout the week here, as well as the Thanksgiving slate. And if you are interested in upping your DFS play, becoming a better tournament player, I highly recommend checking out Run the Sims. I've been using their tools all season long, specifically for my showdown play. The DIY simulator is an awesome way to look at each individual slate through the context of 10,000 simulations that you can run and spit out simulated lineups, as well as see how how frequently those lineups appear in the winning simulations, as well as the cumulative and product ownership. So you can hand select those for your various showdown contests. Highly recommend checking it out. You can get 10% off with promo code Pete over at Run the Sims. And feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Peter Overzet or in my Discord, the Deposit Kingdom Discord, if you have any questions about that. Thank you to Pat Mayo for having me as usual. Good luck in week 12 and have a happy Thanksgiving.